You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Sales enablement. It's a critical role in many B2B organizations because of the complexity of the products and services being sold needs to be mastered by the people who are doing the selling. In some organizations, sales enablement is a marketing function. In others, it's part of the sales team. And in others, it's a dedicated role that sits by itself. I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. Sales enablement is part corporate learning, part sales, part marketing. It's a unique role that often attracts unique people. In this episode of B2B Nation, we talk to award-winning sales enablement pro Georgia Watson, who works with IBM's EMEA teams, and Amy Dunn, who leads the sales enablement function here at Technology Advice. What makes a good sales enablement leader? Does it really matter where the sales enablement function sits? What does an award-winning sales enablement program look like? Let's ask the people who can help us answer these questions on this episode of B2B Nation. Georgia Watson and Amy Dunn, thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. Why don't we take a minute and get some introductions? Tell us who you are and what you do. Georgia, why don't you go first? Thanks, Michael. Yeah, so my name is Georgia Watson. I'm an enablement professional and I am passionate about skills development, innovation and inclusion. I'm focused on delivering enablement and accelerating skills development for IBM including experiential and innovative learning approaches, as well as the more traditional approach. I've worked with a number of different audiences and different geographic uh, regions in a number of teams from, you know, Australia to AP and Africa and the Middle East. And I feel I have a little bit of an affinity with your audience. I, I actually spent the first eight years of my career working in marketing in a number of different roles, but thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, Amy Dunn, you have uh, co-hosted the podcast before in the past. So why don't you go ahead for listeners uh, who aren't familiar with what you do? Thanks, Michael. Uh, I'm Amy Dunn, and I'm the Director of Sales Enablement here at Technology Advice. I'm, uh, like you, Georgia, I'm focused on uniting stakeholders around the common goal of providing sales with the right resources to engage with our customers um, my role is kind of unique here at Technology Advice because um, we work with our customers who are marketers at technology companies spanning all technologies. So in that, while I work with sales and client success, I also serve as a sales enablement resource for tech marketers. Having nearly touched every aspect of B2B media uh, from lead delivery to custom publishing to product development to marketing and customer success in kind of a scrappy way, I uh, have a different approach here, I think, at Technology Advice than, than most. That kind of gives me a good lead into my first question. Something that you mentioned in a recently published interview with Sales Enablement Collective was that you find when teams are engaged and have the skills they need to perform in their roles, business results will follow. What in your mind are the essential skills and experience that make someone likely to succeed in a sales enablement role? Great question, Amy. And before I answer, I just want to kind of preface it with the fact that sales enablement means different things to different people. And it can look very different in different organizations and even within different roles within enablement. So I don't think there is a definitive list of skills to help enablement professionals be successful. And we all come from quite varied backgrounds and career paths. 
There are a few things that I'd like to share that have really helped me, though, be successful um, in enablement. I think the first one is around really understanding the bigger picture and the strategy for your business that, that you're supporting. So once you really have this perspective, you can strip away a lot of the distractions that we spend time on and invest all of your energy and your resources in the things that will really make your enablement programs impactful for the business and drive results. The second thing that I see becoming increasingly important is the packaging and the marketing of enablement. So both to learning participants and to the business. And for the marketeers, this will be like your bread and butter, you know, but understanding your audience, targeting your training and making sure you have customized value propositions, looking at your positioning and even things like your branding and, and your packaging. If you've done all that, of course, you still have to deliver great training so it's adding value and ensure that your audience is ready to come back and, and learn again with a great attitude. So one of the really key things I think that is part of this is understanding your audience. And often you see sales enablement that's being led by former sellers or people from sales operations. That's not my experience and it's not the, you know, everybody's background. So my advice here is if you don't have that experience selling or dealing directly with clients is to really make sure that you put in the effort to truly understand your audience as best you can, understand what they're going through and what their needs are. So what you are actually delivering is really tailored and relevant for them. The third thing I'd like to mention is around growth mindset. So all of us need to be continually refreshing our skills and be ready to pivot and learn quickly and plug any gaps in our skills that, are, that develop over time. And some of the skills that I'm using now to deliver an enablement in 2021 are very different to those that I used in the same sales enablement role back in 2015. So I think this continually of refreshing skills and having this growth mindset is so important. And the final comment I have, and I think this is relevant for whatever you're doing, I think it's about showing up. It's about giving it your all and the grit and perseverance to find a way to really make the important stuff happen. Okay, so Georgia, you just kind of touched on this in your answer, and I think I'm going to pose this question to both of you, but in growing organizations, sometimes you do see sales enablement handled by someone in marketing, or maybe it falls to an experienced sales team member. When do you think it's time for sales enablement to become its own function? Are there any signs that you would see in a growing organization that, you know what, this needs to be a dedicated role at this point? So I think organizations are often at really different levels of maturity. And I'm not sure that there's one sign that, you know, a light bulb flashes and it's time to change, you know, for sales enablement to change where it sits within the business. What I think, wherever it sits, the core goals of sales enablement is about equipping sellers with the skills they need to perform in their roles and give customers those positive, consistent experiences as they move through the sales journeys and, of course, to make sales. So wherever it kind of sits, I think that needs to be the overriding mission. So long as sales enablement function is delivering value, then it gives more flexibility on where it sits in the organization. So if you're delivering on the big strategic priorities for your organization, and if you're kicking these kind of goals, you're delivering value. And if you're delivering that value, it gives you a lot more leeway and leverage to think about how do you grow your team? Where does it sit? Where is it going to be able to continue to add the most value? And it will just give you further support. 
And I think it takes time to build skills and programs that deliver value. But wherever it sits in the business, I think you need to make sure that you are getting those wins so that you do have the continual support, which will allow you to expand or adjust where you're positioned within the business. So Amy, you talked about the number of different roles and the different places that you've set in B2B sales and marketing organization. Now you're pretty much dedicated to sales enablement. Do you like the way that things are organized? Do you think that the sellers are getting more out of it because you're more dedicated? Well, I, I do agree. And, and you know, Georgia, you made a really great point about it depends on the maturity level um, of the organization. Uh, I joined as a sales enablement person went through acquisition. And the company that, that I joined, Technology Advice, did not have a sales enablement function. It had a demand gen function. And so morphing that into a marketing function coupled with sales enablement was right for the company at that time, uh, mostly due to the fact that the company acquired a whole bunch of more products that needed to be pushed. And the current team didn't have any knowledge of them of those products at all. So I needed to enable that entire team, not only the team that I worked with, but for the legacy team that that was going to be selling something completely new and different. So that's really been my experience so far. This is Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. We're talking to Georgia Watson and Amy Dunn about the art of sales enablement. Just a reminder that the next installment of Technology Advice Demand Fest, the half-day virtual conference for B2B marketers, is coming up on April 6th, 2021, and you are invited. You can learn more, see the full program, and RSVP at demandfest.tech. Let's get back to our conversation with Georgia and Amy. We hear a lot about marketing and sales alignment in the B2B space. Can we talk a little bit about that alignment and what does it look like? And I, I know that you've been doing this for quite a few years. So again, I know there's not one cookie cutter answer, but maybe even from the enterprise level and how you've endured this, the alignment of sales and marketing. Yeah, so, so I think this is really important, you know, as enablement and marketing, you know, we're both support functions and we're supporting grow revenue for our business and we're helping our clients be successful. So there is really a logical partnership based on what should be shared goals between marketing and enablement. And if you think about the resources that go into delivering a marketing campaign, why would you not want to make sure that your sales folks who are following up on any identified opportunities are not the best equipped to make sure that every single lead you have identified is taken to a positive outcome? You know, I think historically, you know, we've seen marketing activities where there's been big investment and the events are amazing and a heap of lead comes in. But if the sellers are not don't have the right skills to really help progress that conversation with the customers, it kind of falls dead. So we have to work together to make sure that we're really capitalizing on these type of opportunities. So recently, I've had a big focus on um, increasing, you know, social selling expertise with the pandemic and the change in, you know, everybody working and selling remotely. So we had a lot of effort around boosting salespeople's expertise in this area. So last year, like many organizations in IBM, we had a massive increase in our focus on boosting our sales team's ability to sell socially. And, you know, as part of a campaign that, that we delivered for IBM, you know, in Middle East and Africa, we were actively supporting our teams and giving them uh, guidance on how to, you know, use their social networks to support them in their selling. 
why would you not involve marketing in those kind of activities? You know, they to support their campaigns that they have underway and help give broader reaches to the messages that are going out there to the market from a marketing perspective and make sure it's aligned. From a brand perspective where you do have this alignment in messages that are going out, you know, from the sales folks and also from marketing, it just really helps strengthen the brand. How do you envision that starting? Is it more on uh, the marketing side to have those those ideas and plans in place and sales enablement to join in and support those efforts and train on those efforts? Is that how you envision it? Yeah, look, I think it's very much a two-way street. I think it's both marketing and enablement have responsibility here to make sure that this kind of joint effort really works and it needs to be done at a planning level as well. You know, I've worked in enablement functions sitting both within marketing and within the business. And I must say when I was working in a function that sat within marketing, it was easier somehow to make those connections. We had the same leaders and the same boss and we're always working to the same targets and objectives. When perhaps enablement is sitting in the business, it takes a little bit more effort to make those connections happen, but I think it's really important and where it does happen, it really leads to positive outcomes. Uh, Georgia, you mentioned the social selling initiative makes a lot of sense. The the pandemic has sort of cut off a lot of the traditional communication methods. People are still on social networks, though, probably maybe more than ever in some cases. So can you tell us a little bit about that social selling initiative at IBM and and how that got started and, and how it's worked out? Yeah, so I guess from a social selling perspective, um, the pandemic really brought a whole change in the way that our sellers need to approach their sales. In some instances, salespeople have relied really heavily on face-to-face interactions and on relationships to help them um, identify opportunities to network and then progress those along through the sales cycle. With those face-to-face opportunities gone, people need to find another way to do it. And this is where digital was just so important uh, from our perspective. You won a Stevie Award, congratulations, uh, for a Sales Enablement Program of the Year. Can you talk about that program and and how it came about and, and what its goals were? And maybe a good place to start is for people who aren't familiar, what is a Stevie Award? So the Stevie Awards, according to their website, are the world's premier business awards, and they do annual awards in a number of different categories and areas. We actually won the Sales Enablement Program of the Year for a live interactive quiz show that we ran called Thunder in the Cloud. So we were in the thick of the pandemic when early days, everybody was working huge hours. There was massive Zoom fatigue. We were tired of looking at screens. Numbers were not looking great from a revenue perspective. There was really high pressure uh, on teams. And we had a couple of areas that we were really critical that we upskilled our sales teams on and they needed to know about. We knew that taking a more traditional approach to uh, how we do it was not going to work because of the pressure and the situation that was going on for the team. So we looked at some really different approaches and we came up with this interactive quiz and and what it was, you know, over a series of quizzes, we had two teams battle it out and it's always great to play on the competitive nature of our teams. So we had two teams who battled it out over many rounds of quizzes and each quiz there were a series of questions and these questions were strategically aligned to key areas that we needed our teams to learn about. 
And ahead of each session, we actually shared resources. So if someone wanted to get a bit ahead of their competitor, they could read up and learn more. And for each team, we had a representative who responded you know, to the question, but supporting each of those teams were everybody in the team. So there was an interactive live poll and um, as the clock counted down, individuals could put their response on the multiple choice poll question. So the person representing their team could see what the response was and either go with their team or make their own choice. And so it just really provided a fun and interactive way to learn. And it made what would normally be some really kind of heavy content to learn seemed light and it was engaging and we had a really great response and stickiness to the campaign and drove some really great results and it was a lot of fun to be involved with as well. So Georgia, the social selling program that you talked about, Thunder in the Cloud that won the Stevie Award, both represented the need for a pivot because of the global pandemic and changing up the way that your team did things. It's March of 2021. As we record this, we're hoping that in the future, later this year, early next year, we're a little less worried about the pandemic and maybe it doesn't affect business as much. Have you guys thought about pivoting back or what, I don't like the phrase new normal, but how that's going to affect what you do? Georgia, why don't you take that first? Yes, it was like a hugely hectic month, a few months for everybody working in enablement when we took that massive pivot and changed our whole approaches. I don't think we're going to have a pivot back to how things were before. I think there's been so many great innovations that have happened. There've been new tools that have come in. We've adopted new, more efficient ways of working. We've realized some of the amazing results that we can drive you know, through digital and different approaches. So I see that many of these things that we have done, you know, throughout 2020 and now in early 2021 are likely to probably continue. Well, I'll be sure to pick the best bits of of what's been working and make sure that I am continuing that for sure. So I don't think it will be, you know, back to business as usual if suddenly, you know, we are declared pandemic free. Amy, how about you? Have you thought about how things may or may not change in the coming months? I have. I think that the innovation that has come about has really changed so much of what we do at Technology Advice for the positive. And I don't think there is a reason to change, uh, similar to what Georgia said. The way I look at it is we started looking at things like LMSs, learning management systems, looking at more creative formats to reach out to our customers. So our team is using video versus just sending an email. And all the supporting tools and technology that has come about has really helped streamline some of the things that our salespeople were doing before. So I don't see any reason to change. I'm personally curious about the business travel aspect. I think that some business travel will come back. I think eventually we will see larger events come back where people can meet with a bunch of prospects or customers in a fairly short amount of time. That has always been pretty valuable to vendors. It's the, I'm going to fly someplace and have lunch with a client and come back the same day. That I don't think was really good for anybody or the environment. I don't think I would miss that personally. Yeah. In IBM, we recently just delivered um, Fast Start, which is our biggest skills um, acceleration event for the year in the cloud business in IBM. And this was traditionally a week long learning face-to-face event. You know, January last year, you know, we flew to Vienna for the Europe and Middle East and Africa event and had a massive event with you know all of the sales and technical team there 
this year, we had it 100% digital and virtual and delivered this really positive and interactive experience. Sure, there were costs involved, but nobody hopped on a plane. And this was, you know, for over, you know, 2000 sessions for the Americas and the Europe and Middle East and Africa event with over 26,000 attendees. So imagine trying to do that face to face. There's a question we ask almost every guest on B2B Nation, and Georgia, we'll put this one to you first. What is your favorite tool that you use every day? The thing that if we took it away from you, your productivity would just plummet. We've had people make up tools because they haven't found that tool yet. So, so what do you need? So I'd like to tell you about my dream tool and then also a tool that I, I really love and have just learned um, to love and appreciate even more throughout the pandemic. So I think, um, you know, in enablement and particularly in IBM in enablement, we're becoming more and more data driven. And, you know, we have in IBM, we have different tools and ways of um, tracking our skills and our training participation and certifications, and then tracking our, you know, our CRM and our sales revenue. My dream tool would have all of this information in one place. So not only would it have every training that someone has completed, their current skill levels, the skill level that is needed perhaps for their job role, every piece of training, every certification and details around their revenue so we can see how they're tracking, having a view on that in one place and be able to drill down and look at it at an individual level and then look at it maybe at a team level or a ge geographic level or then overall, I think that will be one of my dream tools. A tool that I've been using a lot lately is, um, is Mural, which is like a, basically an online whiteboard. It's a, a virtual collaboration tool. And this have, I've been using this more and more and I really love it because it just offers such a flexible space for um, just collaboration. And particularly, you know, one of my passions is around innovation and design thinking at it. It offers a really great tool to help do that. And, and I know many of our, our sellers are using this with clients and there's so many different ways that it can be used. All right. So for audience members, if you've got a, a favorite software developer, just back up the recording, listen to George's dream tool, get them working on that. There's an opportunity there. Amy, what about you? What's your what's your favorite tool that if we took it away from you, you'd be completely useless? You'll probably make fun of me because it's still just my calendar. The calendar is what guides my entire life right now. And I have to plan for everything in my calendar. And while it syncs up with my ClickUp and it syncs up with my Slack and it syncs up with all the other communications I have, the calendar drives my day. So it's boring, but it's the truth. And I have seen Amy's calendar and I can vouch for that. She, if we took her calendar away, uh, we may as well take Amy away. Georgia Watson from IBM, Amy Dunn from Technology Advice. Thanks for joining us on this edition of B2B Nation. That was Georgia Watson and Amy Dunn helping us understand the art of sales enablement. We couldn't bring you B2B Nation without some help and support from our friends and colleagues at Technology Advice. So thank you to Sarah Wingate and Emily Whalen. She's our expert in podcast enablement. Make sure you leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice if you found this episode valuable. And be sure to share it with a friend or colleague. There's always room for more people in the B2B Nation. Our theme song is composed by Mnemonics in the Guild, and we like it a lot. Catch you next time on B2B Nation.